friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. Together, we get to identify those issues that affect credit unions and have a discussion on the best practices out there so that we can all learn from one another and improve our credit unions. My guest on today's show is Dania Buchanan, the president at Smart Vault. I'm so excited to have her here. So let's jump right into the conversation. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lauren. Great to be here. Well, I'd like to start with a little bit of background on you. Most of us didn't really grow up thinking that someday we would get to work with credit unions. I know I certainly did not, but I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up? Oh, that's a good question. I actually wanted to be a journalist, so very far from being a tech leader. I think what spoke to me early on is I really love learning something new about someone or something. And I love the idea of being able to tell that new thing to other people. So I think that was very exciting to me then. And it is still really core to who I am today. I was going to say that value sounds like something you can really still put into practice now. So that's incredible. Well, what was the inspiration to take the gig then as the president at Smart Vault? Oh, what was the inspiration? Probably three primary reasons. So um, first, I am a founder at Smart Vault. So I think part of my big attraction with, um, with the whole Smart Vault gig, as you put it, was product disruption, really. And that's not a word that I use lightly. But we really, back in 2008, when we formed the company, we were really looking to turn traditional document management on its head, really taking old-style, on-prem, cabinet-style systems that sat alongside your core tech that you were using in your business. And usually, someone had to come out and install and maintain this tech, or you had to have dedicated IT. So we really took the concept of that and turned it on its head. And the idea of integrating document management into apps and workflow you're already using, that was very inspiring. Of course, I think back in 2008, no one was really using the word app. And we were quite far from a digital transformation, which is where we find ourselves now. So I think you know, the idea of kind of coming in and, and disrupting current status quo was appealing. I also was very attracted to a sector of the SMB that we felt really has been historically underserved by tech. So again, back in 2008, there wasn't a whole lot of subscription-based businesses focused at the middle end of the SMB. So we really looked at that as an opportunity to target a specific sector of the SMB. Again, as I mentioned, it was that you know really we felt was underserved. So we've spent a lot of time focusing and figuring out workflows for professional services-based businesses. So your accounting professionals, financial services, financial service professionals, mortgage broker, real estate, legal, a lot of those industries have three primary things in common. There's a heavy document workflow. The documents contain PII, some level of personal or sensitive information. They're shared between the business and the customer, maybe once, like a mortgage or an auto loan, or maybe frequently, like your quarterly or annual tax returns. And also, those are all industries that have regulatory or statutory compliance mandates. So typically, these businesses, like many of your credit unions, I would imagine, have very 
thin IT staffs. So we really felt that we could come in and make a difference in these businesses, help them be more competitive, help them up their game from a tech stack perspective. And that really was the focus in 2008 and remains the focus today. I have to tell you, I actually had a different life about a decade ago, working as a business loan associate at a credit union. And I had the exact same, you know, traditional document management kind of situation you're talking about where we would have paper files for everything. And some of those files, you know, when you're talking business lending, get to be like inches and inches, almost a foot thick for some of them, because there's so many years of tax returns for so many different people. So even 10 years ago, I was saying, why are we doing this on paper at the credit union? But but it's so cool to hear about the, the way that you have really been able to turn that on its head, as you say. So let's say that you are at a conference and maybe you and I will even get to run into one another at one soon. What's that elevator pitch that you give on what Smart Vault is and where you add value to credit unions? I know you spoke to that a little bit already, but what would you say is that elevator pitch? Well, I hope we meet each other at a conference one day. I would I love that. Too. Our team is starting to get out now that the world's unlocking a little bit. So our sales team and marketing team and product teams are, are just dying to get out. Okay, so if I met you, I would say really our core mission is we provide a platform that enables businesses with a very central document destination that enables the adoption of a fully digital, fully automated document workflow that is highly secure and also supports regulatory compliance mandates. I mean, that is just at the core of what we do. We really focus on coming in and reducing or eliminating routine and repetitive tasks associated with those document workflows. You were just mentioning the folders being an inch thick. I had a similar story when we were concepting the business back in 2008. And I went to several large accounting firms. You think, oh, I'm going to these big accounting firms. I, I really want to get involved and watch how their processes were working. And you would go desk to desk and you would find tax preparers with, you know, five folders on their desk, all stacked up, ready to be worked with just a half inch to an inch to maybe even two inches of paper inside. So it really, it's startling to think that that wasn't that long ago. But what we can really do is we can come in and eliminate and fully automate those those paper-based workflows. So I would say for credit unions specifically, it's very analogous to the tax prep workflow, for instance, where we can come in and streamline the document collection, the routing and e-signing of those documents. Sometimes those documents need to be shared back with your customer or internally with other partners. Uh, we've also about a year ago launched a vaulting solution where our certified vault product can be utilized for the digital signing and electronic vaulting of the authoritative copies. So we, in essence, become the custodian partner between the credit union and their customers, for example. So it really just gives us the opportunity to provide an end-to-end -end solution that supports that big word I said at the beginning, digital transformation in the, in the financial services market. Well, thanks for all of that insight. You share such powerful sort of information and data even around some of the reasons that credit unions should be on a, a platform like SmartVault. So I'm really excited to talk more about that. 
But we know that the pandemic has fundamentally changed people's attitudes towards work as well. And so I'm curious, how have you seen maybe employee expectations changing in regards to the work environment, whether that's in-person or remote or a hybrid of both? Yeah, the pandemic, man. You know, that's a tough one. I think there's no leader on the planet that, you know, had a tougher go of it the last two years. I think just there was really no no playbook. So for us, you know, we're a, we're a small business too. So we really line up at the time and still do. We line up our decision-making behind one primary principle. And that really is employee safety and the physical and mental well-being of our employees and staff. And then from there, we just followed the science. So for us, that looked like maintaining a fully remote team for the first year. We opened our office uh, last summer. And what we found is that most of our teams wanted some level of office presence. And I'll I'll preface that some level, right? And after talking to, you know, the whole team, we spent hours surveying and talking to everyone. I think the primary reasons they wanted to come back is the collaboration, right? They joined this company because of our purpose and our mission. So they wanted to still feel physically connected to their teammates and more or less physically connected to that purpose and mission. So I am of the opinion that employee expectations are clear, at least from my from my vantage point here at SmartVault. I really don't think attitudes toward work have changed. I think people want and need to work um, innately. People want to feel connected by purpose and mission but not at the expense of their physical and mental well-being. So I think when people start feeling like a number, that really drove a lot of them to rethink their situation. For me, the last two years has really been a trigger for change. I think, you know, for us as a collective, really looking at redefining what productive looks like, and I'm using productive in air quotes, because in the knowledge economy, I think it is ripe for really standing back and looking at that at a macro level. So I think from hybrid remote work, that allows more people to you know, have a better balance of, of home and work life, uh, flexible start and stop times. I think the 40-hour, eight to five work week is on the verge of disruption with a lot of businesses moving to four-day-a-week work modality where it makes sense. So I think for me, employees expect us to evolve and we should. I think there's a silver lining in the pandemic, and that's how that's how we look at it. Our personal commitment and my personal commitment to the team here at SmartVault is to create a culture where everyone can do the best and most vibrant work of their career. So whether that is at home, whether that's at, at 8 a.m., or whether it's at 2 p.m. in the office, I want to stick to the commitment that we made to the team. I love hearing that. And you mentioned that sort of employee safety, physical and mental well-being first, which is so critical. It's sort of that that hierarchy of needs, which I, I love starting there. And then you also mentioned collaboration between your team. And I'd like to dig into that a little bit as it relates to credit unions too. And so credit unions, like most organizations, also really need that infrastructure that supports a working model that they can attract and compete for some high-quality talent especially now with the great resignation that we've been experiencing. So can you share with our listeners how SmartVault enables maybe that remote collaboration for employees? Oh, yeah. 
you know, you make a good point. Businesses really can't evolve or even consider hybrid remote to even begin to meet employee expectations if they can't enable their teams with the systems they need to do their work. So that's foundational. So I think core, my advice, of course, and I speak with a little bias here, but core to this is really adopting a cloud-based tech stack so that your systems, your data, your documents can be accessed from anywhere. So with Smart Vault, Smart Vault is a pure cloud-based solution. So there is really no difference in how you work based on where you are in the world. So I'll say that again. There's no difference in how you work based on where you are in the world. And that, I think, is really, really key. Um, you know, if you think about it, if you are, you know, someone under 35, which I am not, <laughs> um, you've really grown up in a digital first world. So I think, you know, employers need to note this as they are looking for talent. The expectation of data is always accessible. You don't want to drive anywhere to sign a document. I mean, that just seems like a huge waste of time in the year 2022. And I think, you know, the idea is people are just questioning processes that seem dated and old. So if employers really can't demonstrate that they're moving to a digital first workflow, modernizing their tech stack, I think they're just going to struggle to find and, and retain talent. I think it's really just as simple as that. I remember a couple of years ago, as, as recently as a couple of years ago, I was getting an auto loan at my credit union and they said, okay, great. The last step is stopping by a branch to sign these documents. And I was like, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to transition for a moment from the employee side to the member side then. Of course, members want to work with credit unions that make things easier and safer for them. And that includes getting those services digitally and securely. And I know you've shared that SmartVault can make the loan application process more efficient and secure for members too. So can you walk us through how you do that? Sure. I guess at a macro level, Lauren, like your, for me, your members are no different than your employees, right? Your members are engaging with so much tech in their personal lives from streaming services to online tax filing, digital currency, online dating. <laughs> and by now <laughs> in the last two years, I think we've all had our share of virtual meetings. So I think people, like I mentioned, you're a little startled when you face processes that feel really outdated. So if you look at loan processing, right, which we talked about a, a few minutes ago, for the credit union, it really starts, you can't do your job until you collect some data from your from your customer, right? It's, an, it's analogous to, to tax prep. So in the loan world, I think what we can come in and do is automate the workflow around collecting the document from a customer. We've got a very cool request docs feature, if I can lean into features just for a minute for this example. So that allows for the credit union to just streamline the collection of documents from a customer. Then you can set an alert to notify the loan processor when the docs are in. And once the loan is processed, you potentially have documents that need signing. You can do all of that electronically. Um, obviously, e-signatures are legally binding and have been for some time. And then ultimately, the documents reside in a secure online portal where access and permissions can be set 
um, so that the right people have access to the right documents. And like I mentioned a few minutes ago, in the case where there's a security interest, SmartVault can automate the digital signing and the electronic vaulting of the authoritative copy of the document. And that is in compliance with the UCC Uniform Commercial Code 9-105. And lastly, I think it is as your members are building tech stacks, right? You've got CRM potentially entrenched or um, some kind of management platform that manages workflow within the credit union. We've got a very open API platform and that's, you know, such a buzzword, but so important right now where you can initiate parts of the workflow I just described from apps you might already be using. So SmartVault can come in at any point in the workflow. We can take the full workflow or we can come in and integrate potentially with uh, an application that's currently being used by the credit union. So I think that's super powerful too. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of opportunity there to improve the experience for both the credit union membership side and the employee side. We'll definitely be linking to SmartVault and to some contact information for you all so that folks who want to get in touch and learn more can do that as well. So check out the show notes if you're listening and you just really want to get involved. On a bit of a different topic too, I know you're really passionate about serving your local community. And and that aligns so well with the credit union industry, which is also really focused on helping their local communities. So can you share some of your experiences and insights on the impact that this commitment can have for credit unions too? Yeah, you know, you asked me a question at the top, something like why I came here and why this gig? Why now? Yes. You know, I'm super passionate about supporting small business. I, I guess I'm a little bit altruistic in that way, where for me, this country was built on the backs of small businesses, you know, where, you know, handshakes matter, relationships are built on trust. I think there is still a whole lot of uh, comfort and that familiarity. And I, I ultimately think people like doing business with partners who get them, you know, ultimately. And I think that's what makes credit unions so powerful. So what all we're doing is coming in and supporting credit unions and evolving some of those really manual processes, manual paper-based processes. And that just empowers the credit unions with more tools to stay competitive while they can still focus on their primary differentiator, which is being a part of the same community their customers are a part of. So for us, just on the smart vault side, we could have made a whole lot of decisions around, for instance, how we support our customers. We chose to build a Houston-based support team. So all of our employees from sales, marketing, development, all the way through to your customer support and customer success reps are all based in Houston. So when you call us, you will likely get a person that can tell you what the Astros score was from the game last (laughs) night. Um, So we, you know, we understand that credit union success is built on relationships. So you're asking your customer to trust you as their partner, and you are trusting us as your, basically your custodian of one of the the most critical assets of your business, which is your, your documents. So I think one way for us to just earn the trust of the credit union is just to be in the foxhole with you, which is kind of an old analogy, but um, I think one that's meaningful. And I think you talked about community, and that's something that is important to me as I sit 
at the helm of, of this business. So we do try to be as a business very intentional about that. We support local nonprofits. We give our teams days off to volunteer. We, we do try to walk the walk here as members of our community. That is incredible. I I love hearing more about the ways that you are really walking the walk and talking the talk both at SmartBalt. And and so we know SmartBalt is a really innovative company. And and from your perspective as a leader, as a founder at the company, we've seen a lot of disruption in financial services in general over the last couple of years. What overall trends are you seeing when it comes to the future of financial services? And where is SmartBalt's focus when it comes to innovating to meet these challenges? That's a great question. You know, disruption, I think, comes in all shapes and sizes. I think certainly the rise of digital currency is something that I still try to get my mind around. Disruptor banks, and of course, just the whole fintech space is really just exploding with tech solutions that are constantly challenging the core. And I'll say I'm a fan of it. I really am a fan. But I do think you need to walk before you run. So our focus is really just stepping back and enabling the continuation or in some cases, the start of a digital transformation for credit unions and and regional banks. So it is foundational that you get a paperless workflow, then automate some of your routine repetitive processes, and then build from there. Right. It's, it's like the plumbing in the house. You've got to get that in place first before you can look at decorating it. So as we ride the wave of the next five years, 10 years and all of the, the changes that are coming into the financial services space, my recommendation is, you know, get the foundational parts right. Get paperless. Start automating your your workflow and your document workflows, and then build from there. Sounds like to me the work that you all do at SmartVault really allows credit unions to to better compete with some of the disruptor banks or fintechs or other solutions that are out there for members, and at the same time maybe figure out better ways to to partner with some of those folks as well. I could talk to you about this forever. <laughs> it feels like um, it's so important that as credit unions we are evolving to meet the changing needs of our members today. But as we wrap up the show, I'd like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So if you are ready, we will dive right in. Ready. All right. What is a recent purchase that you didn't know you needed that has become something you cannot live without? Uh, Oh, I'm going to have to go with SodaStream. So being in Texas, I am a Topo Chico gal. And for your listeners who don't know what that is, it is the best sparkling water on the planet. It's imported from Mexico. So SodaStream is something that basically sasses up your water. And I was very skeptical at first that it could turn my water into something like a Topo Chico, but it has lived up. Wow. All right. You are the first one to mention the soda stream. So we will oh, good. everybody today. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when you hear the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind for you and why? Gosh, for this moment, I think it's Katanji Brown Jackson. I think it cannot be ignored that the ceiling she just broke and the hope really that it represents for our country's highest court in the land to be more representative of the diversity of, of its people. 
So I think when I think of success at this moment, I think of Katanji. Oh, so critical. All right. A random question for you. What are you listening to on Spotify or elsewhere? If you're not a Spotify listener. Oh, oh, these are always so hard. (laughs) I have a long commute. So I mentioned we're in Houston. Uh, I have a pretty long commute. So I am a podcast gal. So I'm not going to bore your listeners. So, you know, I'm an avid business consumer, I guess, of, of lots of podcasts around that. But for fun, which I think this the question is mostly <laughs> about, like I'm a Brian Reed fan. So for anyone who listened to S-Town a few years ago, he's got a new podcast out called The Trojan Horse Affair. I think it's Trojan Horse Affair. And I'm hooked. So I'm two episodes in and it's a very conspiracy theory. It took place in a little town in England called Birmingham. And I think that just goes back to my storyteller roots. So I love a really cool, meaty story. And those are uh, about timed right for my commute. So about 45, 50 minutes. You know, I think on the podcast side, I would be remiss if I didn't. You know, I do a fair bit of dropping into Brene Brown's Unlocking Mess. I think she's got a great interview style. I think her research insights are great. She's a Texas gal. So I would say I'd nominate those two. Love it. I will have to put both of those on my list. Love Brene Brown and definitely will link to those for everyone here today. Any books that you have gifted or you think just everyone should read? Lauren. Oh, um, <laughs> I've gifted a ton, but I've gifted, it's my favorite thing to gift. So I think there have been so many books that are have been important to me through the various stages of my life. I'm not even sure I could pick one. So I'm going to take the cheap, easy way out and pick the most recent. So my husband talked me into this, watching uh, the Beatles documentary that came out a month or two ago from Peter Jackson. So I just, I was never a huge Beatles fan, but watched the documentary and basically just kind of fell in love with watching two of the world's most talented songwriters of our time and the way the whole creative process worked. So he got me a book, my husband got me a book and it's green and it's called, I think it's called The Lyrics or something like that by Paul McCartney. The reason I think it's fascinating is not only if you're a Beatles fan and you would get a kick out of reading the story behind the lyrics, but I just think, again, the creative process is inspiring, really, for anyone involved in building a company or writing music. It's all the same process, right? So kind of to get outside of your day-to-day and watch how others do it, perhaps in other industries, I find super inspiring. So that may be something I gift. We'll see. I will have to add that one to my bookshelf here. All right. The calendar is empty. What do you do to unwind outside of work? Also, is your calendar ever empty? (laughs) Oh, you know, I do a better job managing it now than I did 10 years ago, I'll say that. So I think, you know, we live in the South, so we are blessed with great climate. So I love to be outside, daily walking, bike riding. We just got the little foldy bikes, the Brompton bikes. Those are a blast. Those are super fun. We are fortunate enough to live near a beach. I realize it's not the beautiful Florida coast for anyone listening, but don't harsh on the Gulf of Mexico until you visit it. So anything beach-related, 
hiking, which if we can get out of town, but I really think that's just sort of glorified uphill walking. So anything in that, in that realm, anything outside. Love that. And yes, definitely very lucky with the climate down there up here in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, it has been snowing this week. So (laughs) this is April. So we are almost into May here, (laughs) ready for some change. (laughs) Send some of that sunshine our way. (laughs) All right. Well, we will link to everything that we talked about today in the show notes. But my last question for you is, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share or final asks of our listeners today? Final thoughts? you know, similar to what I tell our team is, I would tell your listeners to be intentional, you know, kind of back up and really think about how you're going to level your business up, what the pain points really are, just pull away from the business if you can and take a a 30,000 foot view, talk to your employees, talk to your customers, talk to other people in your space, and really then just follow a very simple process for identifying where you have gaps, really seeing how automation can come in and support you. I think we've talked to so many customers in the financial services space. It can really be overwhelming to turn everything over at once and you, and you don't have to. You really don't have to. You can get incremental benefits from automating one process then the next, then the next, kind of kind of like a subscription model, right? 5% change this month compounds next month and next month and next month. So you really don't have to do it all at once. So think about what you can do next month that will give your employees and your customers a better experience. And, and of course, you know, we'd love to talk to you as you begin evaluating your tech. What a perfect way to wrap up the show today. And for all of our listeners who would like to get in touch, we will link to some contact information here for SmartVault and for Dania's team. So we will be sure that that is in the show notes. Thank you again, Dania, for being on the show. Stay well. And thanks again to all of our listeners for tuning in today to the CU Insight Network podcast. We will be back again next time.